I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting, Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called Maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's the win, and nobody beats him. This is the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 92, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio with some hidden different day for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing, they said. What's Wrestling Podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully, they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring, and not joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. No, once again, the Kingpin off doing that Ring of Honor thing in Nashville, Tennessee, so he is uh, indisposed, could not be a part of the podcast this week, sorry to say, but I'm not sorry to say that joining me... Here, the permanent guest host of the wrestling podcast about nothing. He's the owner of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. He's the owner of Chaotic Wrestling. He is the owner of A Lonely Heart. Brian Fury. Hello, sir. Hello, Michael. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I like I'm the good. owner of A Lonely Heart. Yeah, you know. Much better than that. Okay, so it's good to have you back here. Uh, as I mentioned, Brian Malonis is a part of the Ring of Honor television tapings this weekend. Yes, he is. Are you going to call him for spoilers again? Uh, uh, maybe I'll give him a break. <laughs> maybe I'll give him a little break this time for out. once. Yeah, so uh, he should be back next week, hopefully, maybe, possibly. So he debuted on TV this past, well, he didn't debut, he's been on TV before, he's part of the Top Prospect Tournament, but he was on last week's Ring of Honor television show. You can actually see it at ROHwrestling.com right now until Thursday, it is up there. So make sure to check that out or go on the Fight TV app, you can sign up for free, watch it for free. That is episode 330 of Ring of Honor television, if you want to see the Kingpin make his mark. He was very upset at Nesson. Yes, (laughs) Yes, because <laughs> he plugged all day. That was a good one. I like that. That was fun. He plugged all day. Watch me on Nesson at 4 p.m. on Wednesday. <laughs> Everyone's like uh, watching. He's like, no, they skipped my episode. <laughs> they played uh, episode 331, apparently. Yeah, Nesson, um, they're not on the regular schedule. Because when I was in the Top Prospect Tournament, they only played one of my matches in the top out of the three in my Top Prospect Tournament. They played my second round match, and not the first, not the finals. So, so it was all over the place here. Yeah, Nesson doesn't seem to have a set schedule for Ring of Honor. Well, they're not like a true Sinclair affiliate, though, right? No. Right, no. yeah. So that's, I mean, they're just kind of throwing it on in between Charlie Moore. <laughs> uh, the mad fisherman huh the mad fisherman uh it makes me mad uh yeah rohwrestling.com is the place to go to see roh wrestling television every week if you really want to catch up with the kingpin or the fight tv app if you're uh, signed up there as well you can see roh tv and not have to deal with this uh nesson malarkey uh some more malarkey is coming up next month february 19th 2018 Uncivil war 2 have you heard about this brian fury I've, I've heard you guys talk about it here on the uh, podcast mike mills coming back and they get a debate old school versus new school of course mike mills taking up for old school wrestling no, is he <laughs> and the kingpin all about the new school the current modern product tackle drop down hip toss get it again that's what <laughs> that's what he's gonna be arguing for <laughs> Uh, how would you, uh, what do you call that? I don't know anything about betting. How would you handicap this? Well, I mean, it's, I'm going to strictly handicap it. Obviously, much like last time, Mike Mills has more of a following on social media, which is where you guys did the voting last time. That's the only reason he won last time. So obviously the same type of thing would probably fall through here. But new school wrestling is so much better than old school wrestling if you're looking at talking about just wrestling. And it depends on when you think new school wrestling started. Just like a guy like, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, usher in the new school, or are you talking about a little bit later? I guess that's for them to decide, really, but if he's going to be like singing the virtues of a Ric Flair having the same match a hundred times over and over and Uh-oh. over again, like it's it's not a winning argument. Uh-oh. There you have it, Mike Mills. 
You get your work cut out for you for Uncivil War 2 that is coming less than a month now, February 19th, 2018. So uh, join us for that episode. And join us for all episodes coming up with the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Yes, not just that one. No. Tune in, tune in weekly. Yes, you should. That's how. That's why we do it each and every week Hit here. subscribe button. I mean, we're here every week. I don't know about Brian Malonis. Right. Yeah, he's I'm here every week. He's in and out. He, he does what he wants. He does what he wants. Putting over podcasts, Facebook group. Make sure you join that community over there talking about all wrestling podcasts. Just put putting over podcasts in the search bar on Facebook. You can join us over there and chat with us. And the hub of all that is WPAN is at the WPAN.com. That is our website. Make sure you go there each and every week. You can download the show. You can listen directly through the website. You can find our biographies on there, some videos. Lots of fun over there at the WPAN.com. Biographies. All right. I like it. Yeah. You should go check that out. Pictures as well. Some uh, candid photographs of myself and Brian Malonis. Oh, okay. You're on there too, I think. Possibly. You get a photo with I've been, on the, show. I've been on the show enough. I'd hope so. Yeah. yeah. I think there's one of you kicking Brian Lotus in the face, which is Perfect. very appropriate. <laughs> All right. Coming up today on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. This is my first time hearing this, so I'm very excited. Oh, what's coming up today? I'm always in, in the dark when I come on here. <laughs> well, we've got you here, Brian Fury. Yes. So we're going to talk some chaotic wrestling, of course. Okay. Get your thoughts on uh, Warbeard Hansen's last match in the area and his future coming up with NXT, WWE. Plus, we're going to try something here again this week that completely failed last week. Uh-oh. And then the first ever edition, you're going to break this in for us, Brian Fury. Oh, boy. The first ever edition of Shoot or Work. <laughs> Interesting. It's a new new segment here you're going to give a shot to? Yeah, we're going to debut it here with Brian Fury. Work out the kinks here before right. we uh, hand it over to the kingpin okay. and see how he does. But no uh, that's coming up, plus your promo about nothing and a whole lot more. But first, Fury, Festivus. It's not just a date on the calendar here in the wrestling podcast about nothing. It lives in our hearts every single day, 24-7, 365, as the kids like to say. So it's not just for December 23rd. It's a festivus for the rest of the year, too. So for that reason, here on the wrestling podcast about nothing, we're airing our grievances each and every week. And now you're going to hear about it. I know you guys always talk about like the negative aspect of when you guys do the votes and stuff like that. The fact that you're doing this once a week kind of proves just maybe how negative you guys are it promotes negativity is what you're saying i'm not saying it promotes negativity but in order to have a grievance every single week i mean that you're you're kind of says a lot paints a picture of you guys well i i I, last week on the show we did all uh worst of categories in the poll so i i just decided we're just gonna go with it this is what the people want they want to hear us talk bad about wrestling well i mean if they keep voting the negative stuff there even when there's some positive stuff on the polls like i guess maybe just run with it that's what i'm gonna do so why don't you uh you're the guest here the permanent guest host but you are the guest here on the wrestling podcast about nothing do you have a grievance to air this week yes michael Uh oh i do have a grievance you're actually in this little category that i'm going to talk about there we go all right tis the season royal rumble season yes You're one of those guys that cries and bitches and complains if there aren't enough or if there aren't good enough surprises in the Royal Rumble. (laughs) Right? Okay. All the time. And then you look on Twitter, oh, there are no surprises. Uh, People, you know, weren't shocked at somebody coming back or, or it's this old timer guy being in the Rumble. Who cares about that? If you're looking at this in a strictly like, like a kayfabe sense of, of the wrestling world, like none of these surprises are going to win and go to WrestleMania and get a title shot. Right. Exactly. So who cares that they're in there? Big deal. <laughs> so what you're saying is you don't like surprises? I enjoy surprises. However, it doesn't matter if they're in there or not to me. I watched the Royal Rumble one. It's a fun time. We get together with the friends, you know, bet a couple Skittles here and there. There you go, Skittles. Right? And or Cheetos. Right, yeah, well, you know, Skittles, Cheetos, maybe a couple of Cool Ranch Doritos. But the surprises are neat. They're fun. If it's someone coming back that's going to be on the regular roster regularly, sure, that, that'd be cool. But I'm especially angry about it this year. Okay. And I tweeted about this not too... I, I think maybe I texted about it. How many people are going to be angry when there's no big surprises or something when the whole WWF roster from... 1993 until now is going to be on Raw six days prior. 
Mm. I see. I see. There's going to be 101,000 people on Raw, and then on the Rumble, there's gonna be not going to be a surprise, and everyone's going to be all butthurt and angry about it. Well, they're not really surprised. Well, maybe there will be surprises. Uh, it's actually tonight, if you listen to this on Monday, tonight on the Raw 25. Uh, so there could be surprises, but they have announced a lot of big names. But uh, when I think back on- Chris Jericho. They did announce Chris, and last week uh, Malonis was praising me because he said, "Hey, I, I guess you're, I guess you're right. He's not coming back to WWE. He's not going to be at WrestleMania. He's going. He's sticking with New Japan." And then they announced him for Raw. He's a free agent. I think he's going to be able to just kind of do what he wants for a while. I guess but so. He's not huh? Like, and I heard you guys talking about him uh, not being at Mania and stuff. But yeah, he was always not going to be at Mania. His band actually has a show in Hampton Beach the day of WrestleMania, like scheduled. Are you going to be there? No, I'm not going to be here. Oh. Showcase of the Immortals. <laughs> it is a showcase of the Immortals. Uh, okay. Uh, when I think back on surprises that paid off, that guys that stuck around, Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect stuck there, yeah. He was a good one. Anyone else? <laughs> is that it? Exactly. <laughs> well, I enjoy surprises. You enjoy some. Everyone enjoys surprises. AJ Styles was a surprise. Yeah. Big surprise. Yep. And then he stuck around. There you go. Cool. Good. Okay, you don't. You're not a big fan of the Godfather. <laughs> I prefer the Good Father. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one one person that prefers the Good Father. He's a little more straight laced. I, I understand what you're getting out there. Uh, okay, so you don't like. So what? What? what <laughs> wrap this up. What? What do you don't not like? People who, that expect people surprises. That whine and cry about not getting surprises in Royal Rumble. I guess that's what I'm getting at here. Okay, well. I'll probably whine and cry next week. Oh, I podcast. know you will. Okay. So my grievance here on the WPAN goes out to a man who is uh, not with us this week. Oh, brother. He is in the South doing that Southern wrestling that he uh, speaks so highly of. All right. The Kingpin, Brian Malonis, who is uh, more and more choosing the life of a traveling professional wrestler over the uh, commitments of being a podcast host. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that. That's um, interesting. Yeah, what's going on here with this guy? Well, I mean, you know, I, I think when he was a child and he really wanted to think about what he wanted to do growing up, I don't think like radio host, podcast host was the top of his list, Michael. That's, that's what I think. I, he used to call into radio shows all the time. Brian from Manchester. I'm sure he did. Trying to get some free tickets <laughs> to something. Yeah, I'm sure. But he did make the commitment to this before the before this whole ROH thing came up. He certainly did. My thought is, you hate doing recordings by phone, and so you don't want to include him when he's away. That's what I'm going to say. Well, no, I could barely get contact with him this weekend. No. Trying to like get something together for him to record at least something for the podcast, but no! He's in Nashville, living the life! I, <laughs> there's a life down in Nashville? On the road, he's on the road! Music City, USA! You remember those days, the three days up in Maine? <laughs> three days in a row? In a shitty motel? Living out of a suitcase? <laughs> the rollout bed, cockroaches, the whole deal? Yeah, you get no time to talk on the phone and do a podcast when you're sitting in a hotel. I guess Doing not. Nothing? Yeah, I guess not. I guess, yeah. He's so busy, this kingpin. Let's turn this around to a positive. You talked about this being a, a negative segment. Okay. I don't have to do it with him. I'm here with you now. Yeah, here I am. All right. So what's the problem with that? Why am I so upset? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of an upgrade if you ask me. So, okay. There we go. It's a positive segment All now. All right. Turn and it around. Turn this whole thing around. So let's get into this, Brian Fury. Okay. Let's get into it. Your first chaotic wrestling show as the head honcho. Yes. As the grand poobah <laughs> of chaotic wrestling. Yes, indeed. Now, leading up to the show, how were you feeling? I, you had, you had uh, signed the paperwork uh, not too long ago. Yeah. And you were uh, going into your first show as the person in charge. What thought went into this show? What emotion went into uh, leading up to the first Chaotic Wrestling show under the Fury regime? All right. Well, I mean, obviously I had a million and one ideas in my head after years and years and years of being a performer. You did them all on the first show, right? Um, get <laughs> yeah, them all. threw it all out there right away. <laughs> so I got nothing to, nothing to do on the second show. No, I mean, a million and one different ideas and things and thoughts in my head. But it was like, I am not... A books and numbers type of guy, and there's a lot of stuff that went into 
books and numbers uh, prior to a- anything getting rolling and stuff as far as like corporate stuff and blah, 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 all kinds of boring nonsense, that stuff that you don't really think about prior to. And that was like the biggest stress level thing for me was to get all that stuff straightened out. And then when it came time for just the show, I knew that my idea of the show and the concept of what was going to happen on the show would work. It was just worrying if there were going to be people there to see it. It's just, as a performer, we all worry about it. Like, oh man, there's a lighthouse tonight, whatever. But it's totally different when that lighthouse means it's money out of your pocket and so on and so forth. You know, uh, as a performer, you're getting paid regardless. At least that's the way it kind of is, <laughs> yeah. kind of is now versus the way it used to be when, when, when we first started. Like, yeah. We have set amounts that we agree upon beforehand versus show up, wrestle, and then kind of get what it is. That's what it like for beginners and stuff and the way it used to be. So now it's like that I'm the promoter. I'm like, oh, man, I got to make sure I got this covered and that covered just in case, you know, it's a bomb scare out there, you know. But it ended up turning out great house, great crowd. Energy was awesome all night. I mean, you were out there you know, towards the end. Like, you, you were able to feel it. Like, it was it was was success on every level as far as that type of thing goes for my biggest fears. So how did the Brian Fury chaotic wrestling event differ from a previous chaotic wrestling event? Uh, the biggest thing that people would notice right away when they walked in um, was the setup and the way that it looked inside the uh, the arena. <laughs> the, uh, the Hoover and Elks. Um, chaotic had like a whole third of the ring and a third of the room kind of open and empty dead space uh, and the entrance would be like in the corner and we'd kind of walk out into this big open empty you know area where the hard camera was and the commentators were and it just it's the way it had been for years now and i always envisioned it more the way i i, I kind of uh, said it was like a madison square garden type of short entrance straight from the center of the ring right to the ring and as soon as you walk through the curtain now there are people right there on both sides like you're already engulfed in that crowd and stuff and it's a totally different feel uh from a performer's standpoint and from a fan standpoint because you can get some of those really close seats right there to the entrance way which is cool you know we kind of kept things pretty short and sweet in between the matches instead of kind of talking and doing some things um and that was one of the things to kind of make the show flow a little faster and keep the crowd's energy level up throughout versus kind of bringing them down in between every match. I wanted to keep them going on like a roller coaster type of thing. As far as that first show, I think those are the two biggest things that I wanted to get out there and kind of get people a new feel and really know that it's like a different ownership and something different is happening from the time you walked in the door right away. So did you feel nervous before the week leading up? I remember there's some... Uh, social media, some tweets or something like that that yeah. you were a little uh, little butterflies. Yeah, there were. It was, it was weird. I used to get that type of feeling a lot before like bigger matches and stuff, but it, this is uh same type of, you know, it's different. Like, you just want everything, you hear stories of like things going wrong or things could go wrong, whatever, it comes showtime and stuff, and I just didn't want anything to possibly unravel and then it's just, just like a snowball effect where, oh, that went wrong, so now this goes wrong and so on and so forth. So I was really nervous as far as that goes, set up and, and, and whatever else, but man, like all the staff and the students from the school that helped out and stuff, they all did a really great job of making sure none of that type of thing happened. And um, the production crew was the only ones that kind of put up a stink about the new entranceway because they don't like change, but mm-hmm. after it was all set up and done, they were very happy with how it looked and came off and stuff. So Woburn's going to be pretty awesome going forward uh, with that new setup. I'm very excited for it. So is there anything that happened that you didn't expect or something that you didn't think of that kind of uh, surprised you going into the show or at the show itself? Um, Well, because we kind of kept things moving a lot quicker than normal, like the timing of the show was weird and way shorter than we expected. We probably could have either added another match or, or had people do longer times and stuff like that within their matches no you know completely pulling the curtain back here in this podcast but i think the timing of the show how we timed it out wasn't perfect this is only a total of like five matches right Yeah, because the pandemonium match is such a long type of match you know we let that be the whole second half of the show um when in reality we probably could have put another match in there right before that but we we lengthened things and, and stretched things out and thankfully uh 
Warbeard Hansen had a very long line for uh, intermission to kind of stretch <laughs> out the show a little bit, and it ended at like 10.40 and stuff. Chaotic's always trying to bend like a two-and-a-half-hour type of show, so it ended up being perfectly timed uh, after kind of worrying about that a little bit in the first half, but it ended up coming out all right. And that's how you want the show to be, that you want it to be that length? I like two-and-a-half hours. I, I think that's the perfect length without burning out the crowd. Uh, bigger shows, you know, you can get to three hours. I think people will kind of lose their enthusiasm and 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 really a lot of their energy if it goes longer than that. And I, I feel that two-and-a-half hours, it's, it's a good length where you're not... Ripping people off and you're not charging people too much. I think that's like the perfect length. So we can get it around there regularly. Like, yeah, that's awesome. So how did you feel after the show was finished? After uh, the whole pandemonium thing, the uh, the whole Warbeard Hansen thing. We'll get into that in a second. But how did you feel after the show was over? It was done. Everyone went home happy. Yeah, no, it, it was a big relief to get that first one out of the way. But then you just, I don't know, it's so cliche, but you just start thinking about the next one and like all right we got lowell coming up every second like you know immediately i was talking to the production crew these are the matches we're going to be announcing these are the this is what's going to be going on any graphics and stuff ready so we can start getting rolling so it's like it's just a constant machine and now also we know cold fury coming up in march that's already kind of in the back of my head like we're going to start promoting that type of thing so it's great to get that first one out of the way but now it's the machine just keeps going and going and going before it was when i was a wrestler Oh, what's my next show? Oh, my next show is tomorrow or next weekend for a different company. And like, okay, I just I don't have to really worry about it. I can think about a couple moves for the match or whatever. But now it's a constantly thinking day to day thing. Like, what can we do to promote this? What can we do for that? And on top of that, like, I'm stuffed with the school as well. So it's just it's interesting running two businesses and trying to get word out for a lot of different things. Now, are you taking care of? Are you leading like the production side as well? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm I'm the one that's really talking with. All the production, telling them what my vision is, what I want. Um, you know, I made the decision instead of like a lot of other companies announcing every single match on a card. I think we build stories to two or three matches on every card and let those sell the tickets for every show. And we can also have like also appearing people from the roster. So I'm the one telling them I want a video for this. I want a just a graphic for this. I want this on the website, so on and so forth. So yeah, I'm all over that stuff. So you're there when people are cutting promos. You're this, this show, I, I wasn't. Um, I think I was there at Gorilla most of the time for the pandemonium entrances and just kind of be able to watch the show as close as possible. And they were doing some things prior. And then afterwards, you know, with it being Warbeard's last show, uh, I wasn't able to be there for all of the promos and stuff. But we had a couple people there with them and I was able to view them all before they went up and stuff. So I was happy with everything. So speaking of Warbeard Hansen, of course, his last match on the independence before, now you can finally say it, going to NXT, going to WWE, and Todd, um, I guess we can pull back the curtain a little bit and say that originally he was to have a different match. Yes, yes he and, was. And uh, I was asked to be the referee of that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was more than happy to come back for Todd's last match. Yep. And then there was a change, <laughs> and then Todd was added to Pandemonium. So my start doing your cardio, Michael. <laughs> my night became a little more, uh, yeah, a little more cardio intense. But uh, Warbeard ended up in Pandemonium. Uh, ended up adding to the match. It was a great match. It was a great way to him to close out his career on the Independence. Mm-hmm. And how did you feel about? Uh, his contributions to that match, his contributions overall to Chaotic oh, I mean, Wrestling. Todd has always been a great contributor to any show that he's on. And I felt totally comfortable adding him to that match based on, I know how Todd is when he gets in the ring. He may be sore, maybe hurt. He may be trying to, quote unquote, take it easy because it's his last night on the indies. But when he gets out there, you know him better than I do. Like he's yeah. like, well, all right, let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's gonna do anything and everything because that's how Todd is. You know, the original match I'll say was supposed to be him versus Ilya uh, for the heavyweight title, and then Ilya was not able to make it. He was away, so we just able to slot him into that with the you know the loaded people that were already in there, and then the surprise entrant of JT Dunn too. Like it was pretty awesome just to be able to have all of them there in that one match. And I knew Todd was gonna be able to more than hold his own and you know get, get his. Get his shit in, if you will. <laughs> so what did you think uh, when you heard the news first of Todd finally 
finally, after was sixteen some years, getting the call to go to WWE. Yeah, it's so like I remember, it's been flirted with on and off for so long that um, and it's hard to remember the time that he actually told me like it was a hundred percent happening, and even then. Even when he knew he was going and he had to take his physicals and stuff, he still wasn't sure because you, you know as well as I do, Todd is Todd's had his fair share of injuries over the years right. with, with everything else, so he still wasn't sure until like a hundred percent sure until like two days before pandemonium. So it was like in my head, I knew he was going. Like, but you never, never know what's going to happen in, in those things or what's going to pop up. You know, obviously there's like the Back Nigel injury, McGuinness yeah. like story. Oh, yeah. You know, like. He was all set, ready to go. They did all these stuff, and then he ended up not being able to go. So you'd never know if that type of thing could happen to Todd. Thank goodness it didn't. But like I was just, as we all know, Todd's story is so amazing that it's so awesome to have that ending now of him being there. Now it's almost like a new beginning because now you're just kind of starting all over and see what he can do there. Like I love that guy, and I'm so happy for him to be able to get that experience. Yeah, episode eight and nine, way back on the wrestling podcast, but I think you can hear Todd's story, and it's yeah, like you said, it's an amazing story. But do you have any good stories that we can embarrass Todd with on his way out? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, there's so many different things that I mean, I don't know about anything embarrassing off the top of my head. I remember one time it was a long car ride up into Maine. And I was in the passenger seat, and he was sitting right behind me. And we both we stopped at a convenience store, and we both got out of the car, and we were both like bent over, like hobbling, because we were in the car for like three hours. <laughs> and we looked at each other, and we both had like the same like limp, bent over walk, and we just started like laughing so bad at like <laughs> how broken we are. And then I used to always talk because Todd's so much younger than me, and he'd say he'd do the uh, the Indiana Jones line: "It's not the years, it's the mileage." Yeah. And then uh, when he was dieting, one of the times he was dieting, this is Tarzan's favorite story. <laughs> also up in Maine, Tarz, uh, Todd was dieting and he was trying to look good and blah, blah, blah. So he bought a whole loaf of banana bread <laughs> from the convenience store and ate the entire loaf in one sitting. And Tarzan will never let him live that down. It's the most amazing thing. Just And I've never seen a person like eat that way just this whole loaf just destroyed <laughs> just unhinged his jaw and just <laughs> pushed it all in <laughs> it's potassium right Yo. <laughs> so much potassium <laughs> there's so many fun different todd stories homeless johnny we used to always call him because he was poor and stuff and oh uh were you with us i don't know what the year i was in the super eight we were driving back and we stopped at Palisades Mall, and we're walking around, and we're all eating, and Todd doesn't have any money as normal, so he's not eating. And then we went to... Cold Stone. Cold Stone. <laughs> yep. The first time I'd ever had a Cold Stone, and he wanted Cold Stone. He wanted ice cream, so he's digging through his fanny pack, and he finds like quarters and change, and he pays for Cold Stone. The only thing he bought the entire trip yeah. uh, in change. No gas. No gas no, money. Nothing. nothing. Adult said he was going to write a book, remember? How to get to and from Delaware on uh, 35 cents or something like that. <laughs> It's amazing, yeah, amazing how far the guy's literally going through his fanny pack, digging for change Drawing to pay for gum wrappers, <laughs> and then pulling out quarters and stuff to pay for Cold Stone ice cream. Well, a uh, few bucks now coming Todd's way, and well deserved after yeah. all these years. I'm sure, he did well on those New Japan trips too. Yeah, and uh, I, just, I just remember picture his car too. I remember the what the car that he had that had the the roof, uh, like the lining of the roof was hanging down, down so almost like, like over his eyes. Sitting on your head? Yeah. yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, good luck to our Fred Warbeard Hansen WWE. I'm sure he'll do great things uh, for NXT first and, of course, eventually WWE. Uh, amazing. And Todd, um, he was around, wasn't he there for the last fantasy camp? Or he wanted to be. He wanted to be, but he was away. He got. Ma- he used to love those fantasy camps so much, and he was m- upset that he couldn't have 
couldn't have been there the last couple. I think he was there for for the second to the last one that we did. I think he was there in August. I think so. He he loves to be the guy holding the microphone for the promo yes, part of the event. Very much so. Yes. So he can subtly bury people who don't know <laughs> what they're doing, who are nervous as hell for the first time being in front of a group of people at a wrestling uh, school. Give them some really embarrassing, weird nickname that will never <laughs> go away forever. Yes. So uh, speaking of fantasy camps, the next one was just announced for the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. When is that event? That is February 24th that is from 10 a.m until about 2 p.m we usually go a little bit later uh the price is only 79 dollars it's a really cool day um whether it's just you want to live out your dream and be in the ring and try to do little things or if you want to see if this pro wrestling training thing is actually for you uh fantasy camp has been awesome and started the careers of sasha banks and you know oni lorkin and it's it's really a cool thing that when i was a kid i know i would have loved to try to do something like that so yeah, as you mentioned, Sasha Banks started her pro wrestling journey at a one-day fantasy camp. Yep. Uh, so what do you remember about that day, day one, this uh, young woman walking in to the New England Pro Wrestling Academy? Bit, was it the CTC at the time? Yeah, it was the yep. Chaotic Training no, Center at the she time. She stood out like a sword. I think she, was, she might have been the only girl there. There might have been one other one, but uh, she stood out. She was you know young, cute, and attractive. And I remember I said, Todd, take her in your ring because I don't want her in mine. <laughs> Okay. 100%. Pull back the curtain more. I said, Todd, take your in your ring. I don't want her in mine. I'll probably hit on her or something. Oh, God. (laughs) Jesus. So I just gave her to Todd. And, you know, she, at lunchtime, we always kind of discussed who's doing well and who's doing what. And she was the one that everybody from that ring said was by far doing the best and stuff. So it was was cool that she ended up getting the free training and whatnot. So that kind of just launched her into... Yeah, and she trained from there on out, and just pretty soon after, Mercedes KV was the thing, and then off she was going to... Yeah, it was NXT, right? Yeah, when she first started. Yeah. Yeah, and then look at her now. Look at her now. And, uh, look at her now. Look at her now. Biff, as you mentioned, Oni Lorcan, Biff Busick made his first appearance in a fantasy camp as well. Were you there for that? I don't know if I was there for Biff's... I might have been, but I don't think it was anything... Like super spectacular, but yeah, he. I, I, th- I think I was there for it. Um, most of his stuff, I remember. I remember meeting him here and there, but the first time I ever actually interacted with him was when we were extras for WWE TV, and I didn't really know him yet. And Jamie was like, "Oh, this, you know, this new kid, Chris, needs wrestling boots for TV. Would you be able to let him use some of your boots if need be?" Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Sure." And like we were at TV together, and that was when we first really started like talking and stuff. That might have been the time that we were security guards before WrestleMania 25 there for Triple H and Randy Orton there. Okay, so that wasn't the time where he wrestled uh, Great no, Khali. That wasn't that. He wore my trunks, my my all plain red trunks, and when he was the <laughs> Carolina Panther versus Great Khali, yes. Um, I think that was the same night. It was like Tommy Dreamer's last match in WWE, yes. and so we're. For those that don't know, catering gets shut down at a certain period of time, and there's just a little table with different snacks and stuff on it that's right near the gorilla position. And so Biff had gone over to that table to try to get some snacks. Get some crustables. Yeah, some uncrustables, uncrustables. And some stuff. And then he realized that like Tommy Dreamer's last match had just happened, and the whole roster all of a sudden was lined up in gorilla position all the way down on both sides, and he was just in the middle of the of the lines and Tommy Dreamer comes out and the whole roster just starts clapping and so there's Biff. All right, I guess I'll start clapping with everybody too. <laughs> with an uncrustables yeah, in his hand. Tommy just Dreamer's like hugging people and some of the late girls in the roster are like crying and upset and stuff. And there's Biff with the whole <laughs> roster just cl- clapping and enjoying. <laughs> oh, Biff Busick. Oni Lorkin in NXT. Uh, hopefully things continue to go well for him and we'll see him. We we did see him on WWE a couple times. Yeah, he's been there. He's, He's been, been there. Two or five live and stuff like Smackdown that. Smackdown a couple times. Yeah, yeah, you've seen him. So hopefully that continues to go well for him. And so you've been a guest trainer. I was. At the Performance Center. Yes. So you know how they train, you know what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. So the best place to go if you want to start your career in professional wrestling, start at the One Day Fantasy Camp. It's just a $79 investment to see if it's for you, right? Yes. And then everybody that signs up for the Fantasy Camp actually gets discounted rates for the school. Um, so if you find that it's something that you like and something that you want to do, uh, there's a limited period of time where you can sign up after that at discounted rates of the school. So a lot of people have taken advantage of that as well after doing the one-day fantasy camp. 
So how do people find out? How do people get more information? How do people sign up? You can go to the website, neprowrestling.com. It's updated? You can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash neprowrestling, Twitter and Instagram, at neprowrestling. You can just email us, neprowrestling at hotmail.com. Hotmail. Keep it hotmail alive. There you go. Keeping it hot. All right. So the Fantasy Camp is coming up, and... We're going to move on here. Uh, we want your feedback, though. Let us know at the WPAN on Twitter. Give us your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on Brian Fury, your thoughts on Kingpin Brian Malonis deserting us here. Use the hashtag WPAN and interact with us on Twitter. Plus, we need your voicemails. It's been a little while. Come on, folks. You haven't, call- on. You haven't called, Brian. No, I've been on. You've been on too much. <laughs> been on. Uh, get your voicemails in. We'll play them on this podcast called 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. All right, Brian Fury. We're going to do something we tried to do last week, but Malonis was a big old, uh, I don't know what he was, a party pooper? Probably. But we're going to get to that. But before we get to that, let's talk about our sponsor. Oh, okay. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? Yeah, they do. What does the BDA stand for? I don't know. Bruiser drives away. What? The kingpin? Oh. (laughs) Word is out. It's aired on TV. We can finally say it without fear of the man coming after us. Brian Malonis and the Beer City Bruiser are a tag team in Ring of Honor. And obviously, we've talked about it. It's put a strain on my relationship with Brian already. Yes. I mean, he's missing podcasts. I'm stuck here with you. Yep. But the podcast is sticking with BDA Radio, the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. Beer, babes, and body slams, all at BDARadio.com. Okay. And in the Fury household most times. What? I don't know. (laughs) All right. So last week, I attempted to run Kingpin through the wrestling news gauntlet. You do love the sheets. Yes. But he abstained, apparently. In not so many words. Actually, in, in more words than abstaining. He just said really nothing for a number of times. <laughs> That's right. He did. Yeah. I don't know why. It's so weird. Like, I get it. Working for Ring of Honor. But what? You can't talk about another company or promotion? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I'll, I'll let him have his thing. Yeah, let, him have his, let him have his thing. So we're going to really, uh, we're going to get some true opinions All right. here from the Firebrand uh, let's talk about first something we didn't talk about last week that came up in the past seven days. Daniel Bryan is the odds on favorite, the Las Vegas betting odds to win the Royal Rumble. Did you know this? <laughs> I, really? Yes. I had no idea. He is the man they say in Vegas could win the Rumble. Wow. Put your money on Daniel Bryan. Is this something that you see? That would be a surprise. Would you get it back if he wasn't in the Rumble? That I don't know. Probably not. I don't, I don't think Vegas gives money back, do they? Well, I mean. Unless you, you win. You could say it's like a, a null and void bet because the person that you're betting on wasn't in it. But I guess if you're betting on him without him even being in it, you're willing to give that money away. But yeah, no, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to be in it. I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to wrestle for WWE ever again. Yeah, it really seems unlikely, but that would be a big surprise. No, it would be. I would pop. <laughs> I would pop for that very much so. Yeah, that's that'd be something else. But uh, so, what would he face? AJ Styles? I guess. Yeah, they're, they're teasing a little tension between the two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he's got that kind of heel, kind of heelish, but babyface thing going on. Yeah. So very interesting. Very interesting. We we'll have to keep our eye on the Royal Rumble. Next Sunday, one week from, well, yesterday, if you listen to this on Monday. Right. What are your thoughts about Paige? Uh, Obviously, still not confirmed by her, by WWE, (laughs) that she is unable to wrestle. She is uh, not cleared to compete. She will not wrestle ever again, according to uh, sources. But not uh, Paige has not confirmed this as well. Forced to retire, apparently, at 25 years old. 
Page. What are you thinking about this? I, I think it's too bad. I mean, that poor girl obviously had a couple different injuries and obviously had that big neck injury that kept her out for over a year. Uh, maybe she was good enough to do some TVs and stuff. Maybe she wasn't or shouldn't have been on house shows so soon. Kind of get a little more acclimated to it. But, I mean, it seems like one of those types of things where the way her neck was, like, that could have happened at any point in time. So, it, it sucks, and she's so young, and she's only known wrestling her whole life because, you know, what, she's like a third-generation star, or both of her parents wrestle, and they run, yeah. like, a company or something. Like, it sucks that she's not, not going to be able to do that anymore, uh, if that is the case. And, and I'm going to assume it is uh, with WWE's track record and how they're really taking care of their performers' well-being nowadays. It's sad, and it sucks. She's young, and, you know, she can obviously still loves it and wants to do it, and that's all she knows, so it's too bad. Okay, Undertaker possibly returning. That is the rumor. Yes. Wrestling again at WrestleMania 34 I've in New Orleans that. against John Cena. That is the strong rumor. Undertaker, of course, will be on Raw tonight. Heavily uh, rumored to perhaps be setting up this match on that evening for WrestleMania. So what are your thoughts of The Undertaker after what happened last year, coming back and wrestling again, possibly at this year's WrestleMania. There's two ways I can go with this answer. Okay. Let's give you my real human being thoughts on this. Okay. No, I, I don't, I don't want to see it. His last couple matches haven't been anything to write home about. You can clearly see like he's, he's sore, he's beat up, like he's, it's not something he can do regularly anymore. And that send off, having him versus Roman as the main event last year was clearly just because it was going to be his last match. Like perfect. End it. Be done with it. Now, the other way I can answer this is me being a fan and saying last year was the last time you'll ever see the dead man. But now the American badass is back, baby. You've done it now. <sighs> You've gone and made a big mistake. <sighs> Hell yeah. Tomorrow night, or tonight, rolling, rolling. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> going to ride the bike right down to the ring. It's his yard, soup bones, the whole nine yards. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Fred Durst is going to go out there with him. Oh, give him the He's little finger to everybody do. like he did at WrestleMania 19. I love it. I love the American Badass Undertaker so much, and I hope, I hope we finally get to see him again. He's going to come on the Titan bike tonight I on Raw. I still think he should have done the American Badass character against Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was doing all the, you know, oh, dead man, blah, 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 blah. And then he comes back as American Badass. Would have thrown Bray Wyatt way off. Wouldn't have known what to think. Would have been fantastic. Instead, we got Bray Wyatt versus Undertaker in the middle of the day. <laughs> you don't think that that would be a letdown for Undertaker to come back as the American Badass? I think it's going to be a letdown for him to come back, period. Okay. But if he does come back... Me, as a fan, wants to see the American Badass. I love the American Badass character. Uh, it's no secret. Part of Brian Fury, when I kind of came back as like the biker look with the bandana and all that stuff, was a lot of it, to me, was based off of that version of Undertaker. I love that version of Undertaker. This isn't like me being a troll or anything. I legitimately love American Badass Undertaker. I like him more than Dead Man Undertaker. Well, I guess uh, we'll see how that goes. Some of the stuff he did was awesome. Remember when he was a heel and he went to OVW and destroyed Ric Flair's son, beat the bag out of him and stuff <laughs> before a WrestleMania 18 match? So awesome. Now, he would have to come out on Raw as the American Badass, right? If he comes out as the old Undertaker, then that kind of screws everything up, doesn't it? Well, Mick Foley it? came out as three different people in a Royal Rumble. Why can't Undertaker do two different things at a Raw? But he, he packed away the uh, hat and the whole gear. True. So maybe he will just come right out as an American badass. All right. <laughs> all right. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Cody Rhodes announces All In. All In, baby. For September 1st. Apparently, this is the show they've been talking about. They're going to try to run a 10,000-seat arena. Cody, the Still Young Bucks. where at though, right? No. I had, uh, rumored to be L.A. or Chicago. Right. Two so. good wrestling towns. We don't know, but how do you feel about Cody Rhodes putting his money where his mouth is? I'm all for it. I mean, I think it's it's a great thing for wrestling in this day and age where an independent or not even really a promotion, just somebody can put on a show and fill that type of arena. We'll see. I mean, obviously, many, many, many people have done and tried and failed before, 
But I mean, obviously with them, you know, Cody, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega on there that have the drawing power to be able to fill something like that. And, you know, they have friends in high places and stuff where they can probably get some people in appearances and different things where I don't see no reason why they shouldn't be able to fill a 10,000-seat arena. To me, I'm intrigued on their Ring of Honor contracts and how that works if they're able to just kind of do this on their own without Ring of Honor type of affiliation there or something along those lines. You know, it just seems weird to me. Uh, it seems, Yeah, I think aren't they those contracts like you're – U.S. exclusive, but you can do stuff overseas, isn't that? Yeah, the but there's different. There's different like exceptions to the rules because some people can do PWG and a couple other different things. I don't really know exactly how it works, but who knows? Maybe there's a way around it. Maybe they will... maybe they run in conjunction with yeah. ROH. I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. But I'm I'm pumped for it. I mean, the state of pro wrestling right now is is awesome and and growing and thriving, you know, in WWE and outside of WWE. Like, it's it's awesome. It's a great time to be a wrestler and hopefully a great time to be a wrestling promoter. There you go. And speaking of wrestling promotions outside of WWE, Impact Wrestling, Don Callis, Scott Demore are now running the operations. They're doing the booking. They're taking over, uh, you know, the major backstage roles, uh, calling the shots, if you will, in terms of the wrestling product. And they had tapings this past week, a lot of comings and goings. They went back to the four-sided ring from the six-sided ring. Uh, I guess kind of similar to you with Chaotic Wrestling. They just wanted a different presentation for when yep. they made their debut. What do you think about uh, what you've been hearing about the new ownership, not ownership, but the new uh, regime at Impact Wrestling? I listened to them on the Jericho podcast, I believe it was they were on, and they're saying a lot of the right things. They're they're saying the stuff that I think needs to be implemented and done for that company to succeed and and go back to the way that it was when it was at its heyday, when they were creating their own stars, like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, like things like that. I think those are like tna guys and they had their own guys versus the way it kind of became for a while where it was just guys that released from wwe and different things i think they're trying to go back to creating their own stars and their own guys which i'm all for and i think it's great it's just hard for me i still record it every week on my dvr and i look at it and then i'm like well i don't know and i just kind of delete it and stuff (laughs) and i don't know how many wrestling fans are still like that Fool me once, okay. Fool me twice, fool me three times, fool me four times. There's been so many times I've given Impact, TNA, whatever they're called, a chance that it's just hard for me to kind of go back and pull it up and watch it again. Even though, you know, I have friends that wrestle there and stuff, and I'm excited for them and happy for them. I mean, maybe I will. Maybe there'll be, like, a big pay-per-view. I think I have a pay-per-view coming up. Maybe that's when I'll be like, okay, let's give this a shot and then go from there. But it's hard. It's hard for me. But I'm, I'm, I'm all, again. I'm all excited. I, I want people and places outside of WWE to prosper and and do well. So, you know, all the best of luck to them. I think in February is when the new stuff from the new tapings begins to air. And the big thing that came out of the conversation with Jericho for me was the fact that they are giving the boys the ownership of their characters. Yeah, I think that's something that came from the Matt Hardy dealings, right? I think so. Yeah, I think they decided like. Rather than stifle them and have these people just here, they want them to be able to flourish and build that character and that brand outside of the company so that they are more valuable when they're there in the company, which is, you know, seems smart to me. So guys like uh, Ethan Carter III, if they were to go back to WWE, which seems to be uh, likely at this point, Rumors perhaps. Innuendo, but maybe, yes. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps he will come back as EC3. Or do you think we're going to see young Derek Bateman once again? Well, I don't know. It's one of those things where I, I heard, saw somewhere that he had trademarked EC3. But you know how Vince is and stuff. He likes to kind of own and operate what he has under his roster. And only certain people have ever been able to really keep their names. And you think like, where was he seen more? Was he seen more on Impact Wrestling, or was he seen more on season two of NXT, which was <laughs> not a very prosperous season for WWE? It's like, is, do people, more people know Derek Bateman or EC3? I would, I would say EC3 I would at this say point. say EC3 too, because they don't even look the same or anything along those lines. I think he really established himself on his brand as EC3, and I think if he's able to use that and keep that, go with it. But you know, maybe they'll just keep him as EC3 and don't give it a name because is he still going to be Dixie Carter's nephew <laughs> working for WWE? Who knows? 
They'll bring her in too, right? That All was right. the big rumor a few months ago. Oh yeah. She's going to do a lot for WWE. <laughs> well, that was the Wrestling News Gauntlet. All right. Thank you. Finally, we've got some valid opinions. Someone uh, not in a muzzle talking <laughs> about the current state of professional wrestling. And okay, Book in the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. Let's just mention them real quick okay. with Mike Mills, Doc Turner, Hired Body Harper. Twice a week they do podcasts. Sunday, the Smoky Mountain Show. Thursday, their flagship show. MikeMills.podbean.com. That's where you get all the information about booking the territory. Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe and Quinn. OVPPodcast.com is their website. They do it every single Monday. Make sure to check them out. Plus, Greetings from Allentown with local boy Peter Winson. He does his podcast every Thursday, so check out Greetings from Allentown. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart and a cast of thousands. They have stuff all week long on that feed, so subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed today. And of course, please subscribe to the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network and listen all week long and enjoy. All right, Brian. Brian, Can I do a plug real quick? Sure. Uh, For the Pops podcast. Oh, okay. That one? Uh, on the NAI Pop Network. I'm on this Friday. I really? I'll be on the episode this Friday. So I'm going to be twice on the New Age Insiders Networks this week. Right here wow. Right Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. And then on For the Pops this I was Friday. Un- I was unaware of that. We're scooping the For the Pops guys. <laughs> we got you on first. Let, yes. Yes, you are. All right. This is always my home, though, Michael. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, Scotty likes to scoop all of our talent. He's got Tarzan Taylor over there. He scooped me. That's what we call him. Scoops. <laughs> His scoop slayed. So check out, oh yeah, For the Pops this Friday on the NAI Pop Network. Pop. All right. Here's the new segment, Brian. All right. Shoot or work. Vince Russo write this segment? No. He's going to be all Vince Russo angles? <laughs> no. It's a little simpler than that. It's basically, we're going to talk about some Royal Rumble facts. And you're going to tell me whether that fact is a shoot or whether that fact is a work. All right. It's basically true or false. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Here's the game. All right. Number one. Yokozuna won the first Royal Rumble that determined the number one contender for the WWF title at WrestleMania. Shoot or work? Um, Boy. There's two ways I can answer this. Yes. I will say for that exact stipulation, that's a shoot, brother. But the year before was for the heavyweight title. Right. That Ric Flair won, and he was in the heavyweight title match at WrestleMania, so technically that could be the one, but for the exact stipulation that you named, I'll say that's a shoot. Brother. You are correct. Woo! 1993, Yokozuna won the first Royal Rumble that was to determine the main eventer, at WrestleMania for the WWF Championship. Man tried to pin him for some reason. I think that was the year before, right? No, the year Yokozuna won. Macho Man tried to pin yes. Yokozuna, and Yokozuna kicked out, and he went up over the top rope to the floor. To the floor, and that's how Yokozuna won. I was so confused even then, like a fourteen-year-old kid. Yeah, that was the one of the craziest finishes, <laughs> or uh, craziest or stupid finishes to a Royal Rumble sometimes in history. Sometimes you have a brain fart. <laughs> I guess so, yes. Uh, okay, here we go. Santino Morella has the fastest elimination in Rumble history, yes, with the Warlord right behind him. But yo, 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 number three is Mo. Shoot or work? That's a work. I'm going to say Bushwhacker Luke. No. What? It is a shoot. Come on, Mo? Mo, three seconds. Mo was eliminated from the match. No one even remembers that. He was actually tied with Owen Hart. Owen Hart was eliminated in three seconds as well, one year. Yes. How long was Bushwhacker Luke in there? That's my favorite elimination of all time. (laughs) Just the march across the ring, right back out. Right back out. Kept on Bushwhacker walking right back to the entranceway. I'll have to look that up. Hold on a second, Arrow. I wonder how many of the boys popped for that after watching it or seeing it. Oh, everyone. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Bushwhacker Luke, I have it here. Okay. Wikipedia, which is my source all right. for all things. So, such a true site. Four seconds for Bushwhacker Luke. All right. Mo and Owen Hart tied with three seconds. Actually, uh, that was both in 1995. The second off. So, yes. Mo, that is a shoot. That's number a three. Shoot, pal. Here we go. K 
Kane. That's gotta be Kane. He has the most eliminations in Rumble history. Yes. But right behind him, his big brother of destruction, The Undertaker. Shoot or work? That's a work. I'll say work right now because I don't think Undertaker's been in enough Royal Rumbles for that to be true. Well, Brian Fury, that is a shoot. (laughs) What? What are you talking about? The Undertaker is tied with Shawn Michaels, 39 eliminations each, and Kane has 44. How many Rumbles has Undertaker even been in? Was like he? Three? He was, yeah, he was in like, that one he was in a couple years ago was probably a, a big one for him, <sighs> if I had to guess. I'm not going to go back to Wikipedia on that one, I'm but. Not, I'm very upset about this right now. All right, here we go. Here we go, Brian. I'm, I'm, I'm off kilt here. The record for the longest time in a Royal Rumble is held by Rey Mysterio. Yes. In second place, none other than Bob Backlund. Shoot or work? Um, he was up there for a while. Then there's uh, he who shall not be named is up there. Um, I remember Rick the Model was up there for a while. I'm gonna say work. You say it's a work. You are correct. Oh, thank goodness. Bob Backlund is number three. All right. So I knew he was up there. In the year 1993. And yes, the man who shall not be named in 2004 became the second longest. Chris Benoit. That's him. All right. Final one. Here we go. I went to school with a kid named Sean Benoit. And we used to always call him Sean Benoit. And you'd get very mad. (laughs) I went to school with a kid named Bern Benoit. Okay. But he was just Benoit. <sighs> All right. That was before I, Chris Benoit existed in my world. <laughs> you sure? You wanted him to be at WrestleMania 11. <laughs> he should have been. Tag team partner with Owen Hart. Why not? Okay, number five. The final question. Shoot or work. Shoot or work, Brian Fury. The winner of the first ever Royal Rumble. One man. The one man gang. That's a work, pal. He was the second to last guy there. Eliminated by, oh, tough guy, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. So you say that's a work? That is a work. No, it's a shoot. What? No. The first ever Royal Rumble. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Happened at a house show. October 4th, 1987, it was a dry run of the Rumble in St. Louis. A 20-man Rumble to test the concept. And the one man gang was the winner. I call malarkey in this. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He won the first televised one in 1988, yes. Eliminating one man game. This is... You're really... I'm so angry right now. (laughs) You didn't quite do well. I'm so angry. On the first edition of Shoot or Work. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I enjoyed it much more than my friend here, Brian Fury, did. I enjoyed it, but... I'm embarrassed by my performance right now. <laughs> well, we'll see. Maybe in the future you can have a little redemption, but not today. Today you're a failure. My God. <laughs> so mad. All right. Here we go. Fury, it's promo about nothing time. Okay. The year 2006. Whoa. All right. Yeah, we're up there. We're getting the more current. And it is Shimmer. Oh, all right. Shimmer. A little Shimmer Women's Wrestling? Women's Wrestling. And someone familiar to us these days okay. in WWE. All right. But back then, she was known as Rebecca Knox. Oh, okay. The future Becky Lynch. Yep. Let's check her out back in Shimmer 2006, this week's promo about nothing. Hopping on one and two. Alice in danger, you divvy knacker. You're thinking that you can throw me off my game, putting me in this match with your pure wrestling ring of honor rules. Doesn't matter if I've never done it before. Fact of the matter is, I'm the best damn technical wrestler around these parts. I'm excelling in shimmer. You're saying that I was cheating in my match against Daisy Hayes? Heck no! I'm clean as a whistle and I'm sharp as a pistol. And you know it, I know it, everybody around here knows it, that when you step through them curtains, you're just cruising for a bruise and it doesn't matter what kind of match it is. Whether it's a European rules match, whether it's a hardcore match, whether it's a two out of three falls match, doesn't matter because you'll be leaving in a bojangle. That's what you did tonight, that 
is a lesson from the skill of the K-Nux. Thick. Thick accent there. <laughs> thick accent. Thick accent. Do you think she's playing it up some, too, in addition to it being really thick, or... I think maybe someone said, uh, give us the full Irish. All right. I know you're wearing baby blue and white, but give us the full Irish. Basically. <laughs> That's what I think. Did you ever see her her first appearance in NXT? I don't recall, no. Jason Stewart turned me on to this uh, when we were talking on the podcast uh, a number of months ago. She comes out and does like an Irish jig. Oh, she I, was I remember that, yes. Full Ireland oh, all yeah. the way. Yeah. It's it's like almost the Irish equivalent of Saba Simba that, to um, me. <laughs> that's a bit much. Maybe it's a bit much. That um promo reminds me of like Brad Pitt's character in the movie Snatch, where it's like you have to really think hard about everything that she's saying to be able to understand and pick up those words. Yeah, because before we uh, hit record, I started the promo by accident, and the fir- that first line got out, top of the line in tea, yeah. and you said what? I was like, yeah, what was- it sounded like... It definitely sounds like a foreign language. Is it something Spanish or something like that? I thought it was like home videos of like you and the wife. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what it was exactly. But uh, no. I mean, is it the worst promo in the world? Heck no. <laughs> right? No. What, what was the Bojangles line? I don't even remember, but it was awesome. It was uh, ridiculous. Uh, well, let me let me review here. Let me just, yeah, it's just a bunch of silliness. First, she says uh, that Alice in Danger is a divvy knacker. She sure is. Divvy means silly. Okay. And I looked this up. Uh, on Urban Dictionary, a knacker is your general scumbag from Ireland. All right. Well, a knacker is also uh, British and Australian slang for testes. All right. So there's well, that the as well. Maybe, yeah, the knackers. Maybe she was calling her nuts. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Crazy, right? So also, uh, Rebecca Knox says, she's clean as a whistle and sharp as a pizzle. Well, first I thought she said pizzle, and I looked that up. Thistle. It was thistle. I actually got that. Thistle? I thought it was like a thistle, right? Well, I I thought pizzle at first, and I looked that up, and that is a penis of an animal, especially a bull. (laughs) Yeah, no. I don't think it was that at all. But then I thought thought she said kissle. Kissle. And that is a specific strain of marijuana. Oh, see, I, th- I heard clean as a whistle, sharp as a thistle. Let me play that again. Because, look, a whistle isn't clean and a thistle isn't sharp. I'm clean as a whistle and I'm sharp as a thistle. It sounds like kissle to me. That's thistle. Thistle, but uh, this thistle's not sharp and whistle's not clean. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Tweet us. Tweet us. <laughs> At the WPAN. <laughs> So, yeah, and, and then, of course, Bojangles, uh, I looked that up, uh, leaving in a Bojangle. <laughs> uh, the only results I got were for Bojangles fried chicken. Oh, delicious. Yeah, this promo, not the worst promo about nothing, but it's just a silly, strange. Doesn't matter what type of match it is. Doesn't matter at all. Could be two out of three falls. <laughs> that crazy kind of match. Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy, but, uh, yeah, hardcore, or two out of three falls. First fall, nothing crazy. <laughs> 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 That's a personal inside joke. Uh, <laughs> all right, you heard this promo on nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. All right, Brian, you are not really hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, but you're a professional wrestling promoter. And I you am. have an upcoming event. You have a couple of uh, upcoming things in your life that you want to promote. I do. Okay, first off, February the 2nd. Lowell, Massachusetts. Game Time Sports Chaotic Wrestling returns to the Mill City. Main evented by mm-hmm. Ilya Markopoulos defending his heavyweight championship against Flip Gordon, making his return to New England and the company that he started at. My goodness. As well as a blindfold match between Anthony Green and Cam Zagami. Uh-oh. And the New England title match, Josh Briggs, the New England champion against... The one, the only, the man missing from this podcast today, the kingpin, Brian <laughs> Malonis. So, you don't think maybe you're riding a little high, you're a little overconfident on your second show, booking a blindfold match? No, I think uh, that was something, that was a an angle that started. You were, you were at the show, the same match that... Uh, that uh, Chase got his arm stuck in the cage yeah. in was uh, the fireball 
from Anthony Green to Cam, and Cam hadn't returned until that last show. Um, and, you know, you blinded me, you want to take my sight from me, well, I want to take it from you. Blindfold match, here we go. Off and running. Wow. The next day, mm-hmm. a camp at the Pro Wrestling Academy for experienced wrestlers with the one and only Mike Quackenbush. Oh, okay. Uh, so if you are a wrestler that has already been wrestling and training and want to come train with Mike Quackenbush, you're more than welcome to. Email us, anyprowrestling.com. February 23rd, Chaotic Wrestling returns to Woburn. And then February 24th, the one-day fantasy camp at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. I'm just going to push both my businesses right here. There you go. ChaoticWrestling.com for tickets and all that deal. Yes. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much, Brian Fury, for joining me here, for picking up the slack of the kingpin Brian Malonis. slack it was, too. It sure was. And thank you for being a part of this as the permanent guest host of the wrestling podcast about nothing always filling those gaps and whatever stuff he won't talk about i'll be glad to there you go i'll I'll keep you on speed dial it's gonna happen (laughs) i think a little more often than it should i hear you you i'm here for you michael thank you i appreciate it well we are back next monday for episode 93 of the wrestling podcast about nothing i'll be back with the kingpin hopefully but until then he is the firebrand brian fury i'm mike crockett big ups to mucko and thanks for nothing.